Hello guys, and best regards from Sofia, Bulgaria. Thank you very much for visiting my podcast today. And today we'll talk about Brzezinski's doctrine on NATO response to Russian assault on Ukraine. So, here we go. The American police scholar, as Zbigniew Brzezinski, has proven to be one of the most insightful of the geostrategists, old guard criminologists, and futurologists of the 20th and 21st centuries. He contributed to formulating a coherent strategy for the United States that aimed at the dismantling of the Soviet bloc and liberating Central and Eastern Europe from the Russian sphere of influence. He pressed for toughness with the Soviets through the Carter administration and was very skeptical about the possibility of long-lasting peace in Eastern Europe. Throughout more than 70 years of his professional career, Brzezinski mastered the art of observing, deducing, and uncovering several very important patterns in global politics. He was convinced that the United States is destined to preserve its status as the first and the last truly global superpower, but he warned that this outcome cannot be taken for granted. For, for instance, Trump or George W. Bush basically um, contributed to diminishing of the American superpower, whereas Obama and now Biden are contributing to preserving it, I suppose. His critics accuse him of being a hardliner who never stopped portraying global reality as a bipolar competition between two superpowers, but Brzezinski respectfully disagreed and was quite persistent in warning the US political establishment against the Fukuyamas, Triumphalis claimed that the end of history was approaching after the collapse of the Soviet Union. By the way, in my future podcast we'll talk about Fukuyama, we'll talk about uh, Samuel Paul Huntington, we'll talk about uh, Duvontoglu doctrine, and we'll talk about Primakov doctrine. Uh, so, um, stay tuned, um, because the future is bright. To the outrage of liberal IR theorists and many Washington insiders who were in celebratory mood well after 1991, Brzezinski saw the weakness of the Yeltsin administration not as an indicator that Russia would be permanently satisfied with the new role as a geopolitical outsider committed to voluntarily constraints of its military power during the collapse of its economy and the uh, complete and utter evaporation of its national pride. No, no, no. To him, Russia was not a giant on rusted legs, but a force to be reckoned with, as Moscow was just experiencing a temporary setback in the late 1990s. That is uh, why it would overcome those difficulties within just few decades. Surely Brzezinski never trusted Putin and saw him as a post-Soviet man, a product of Soviet imperialist indoctrination who felt deeply humiliated by how the Soviet Union and the Warsaw Pact collapsed. But he predicted the escalation of the uh, situation in the East long before Putin took over power and much earlier than most of us possibly because of his geopolitical insights, were very strongly influenced by the work of Mann, Mackinder, Spikeman and Retzel, and all of the founding fathers of geopolitics. And because of that, he was clearly aware that the Russian political establishment had not changed so much from the um, from the one responsible for Soviet crimes during, the, uh, during and after Second World War. So he anticipated 
he anticipated that whoever may be in power in Russia would follow a similar modus operandi for uh, this is actually favorable to Russia and unfavorable to its uh, all of its uh, neighbors. For Brzezinski, the problem with Russia was not just one man, but rather it was a systematic feature of the Russian soul which is inherently prone to expansionism, megalomania, and continual fear and insecurities because of the perpetual feeling of being encircled by enemies, caused by some post-Napoleonic and post-Second World War traumas that, that were perhaps self-inflicted on Russian people by uh, Russian literature like Dostoevsky, Tolstoy, they, 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 all of their books are basically uh, consist of some uh, national dramas and description of national dramas. The descriptions which are very powerful and these, these descriptions are staying in the Russian soul. They are inherent and self-perpetuated. And Brzezinski recognized that as a threat and warned the West about Putin's neo-imperial ambitions and his political operatives engaging systematically challenging the new global order in 2008. 2014, 2015, and he consistently criticized Putin for undermining Russian democracy ever since 2000s, and until his death, basically, he was very, um, very persistent that you need to watch Russia because uh, things happening there with democracy and with its hawkish behavior of its leaders, uh, Russia is unpredictable. And ultimately, it was Putin on February 24, 2022, who proved Brzezinski right. For the moment the Russian tanks rolled towards Ukraine's borders, his predictions were fulfilled. As Brzezinski's writings make clear, it is not only Putin who is to be blamed for the current state of affairs, but Russia's political establishment as a whole. For unlike the British ordinary, ordinary Russians could never overcome their delusions of grandeur. They are inherently too proud to accept the constraints imposed on them by the new hegemonic global order imposed by the winner of the Cold War. Their leaders just stick to this neo-Cold War narrative for domestic purposes, suggesting that Russia is encircled and threatened by NATO. Just like now, when Putin suggested that, oh, by the way, um, the German tanks will uh, attack us now uh, after 80 years of uh, defeating them during the Second World War because the Germans decided to send like 14 tanks to, to Ukraine, uh, 14 tanks. By the way, this is very well received by the public, by Russian public who craves for that. <laughs> they crave for credible fairy tale type of explanation for their misfortunes that befelled Russia after 1997. 1997, because in 1997 there was a massive uh, economic crisis in Russia. In 1991, of course, it started, but uh, the situation uh, stabilized. The first uh, NATO eastward expansion also happened in this year, and the fall of the Berlin Wall that happened in 1991, 1989. Um, basically, those are um, those events are very much remembered in Moscow, St. Petersburg, and everywhere across Russia. According to this logic, Russia can be strong only if its political establishment is assertive, 
and others unconditionally respect the Russians uh, will the Kremlin's will that is why the Kremlin leader has to be aggressive and divisive and he has to conquer foreign lines otherwise he's not capable he doesn't look presidential in the in the hands in the, in the eyes of Russian people Whereas the post-Brexit United Kingdom tries to embrace a new post-colonial stage of its development and does its best to attract Commonwealth nations to follow its lead, and it is partly successful thanks to its soft power, Putin seems to such uh, seems to think that such a such a strategy is a luxury for Russian language and popular popular culture are not appealing enough to. Um, people from the global village, let's say. Putin is clearly a careful student of Niccolò Machiavelli, and he knows that it is safer him, for him to be feared than loved. For how can anyone love a leader who has overstayed his welcome for at least 15 years? That is perhaps why Putin is still prone to fooling himself that he can extend his time in office by resorting to the traditional Kremlin playbook that gives hard power priority over soft power in pursuing domestic and international goals. And that is a shame because, you know, the vaccine, the Sputnik vaccine, which was uh, developed by Russian science, that's a massive uh, potential to use it in soft power deliberation to present Russians a modern democracy to use Russian literature as, a, as something which could attract foreigners to to actually love Russia not to hate it and well, it's difficult especially when this Ukrainian war is still ongoing but again the future is I hope is bright and much brighter than now and maybe the future rulers of Russia will come to their senses. In the meantime uh, we have what we have and uh, Putin is relying on Primakov doctrine um, maybe misrepresented with a strong emphasis on, on a hybrid method of attaining geopolitical goals and objectives um, Primakov is very interesting and his uh, his doctrine, the Primakov Triangle, is something which should be carefully studied in terms of the uh, balance of power. But uh, because he realized that it was unlikely that Russia would transform, transition into the country with the Western type demo-liberal pluralist system of governments with a clear separation of executive, legislative and judiciary branches. Brzeziński supported Paul Poland's expedited joining of NATO and the European Union for he knew that it was a once-in-the-lifetime opportunity while the ancient regime was still collapsing. Brzeziński kept warning NATO leaders about the dangers related to Russia until the last, his last days. During the annexation of Crimea, Brzeziński criticized the Ukrainians for not shooting a single bullet in, in uh, Ukraine's defense, but he praised them for defending Luhansk and Donetsk in 2015, not by the means they defended these regions, but by their willingness to defend their mm, homeland. And when he called on Western countries to give defensive weapons such as mortars and anti-tank rockets to Ukraine for the defense of major uh, critics, he was thinking well ahead of his time. Because he knew that Russia can be deterred only with a long stick. He did not uh, have 
basically a positive uh, opinion about uh, the situation in, in the East and fear that Ukraine resistance will not last long in, in faced uh, such a uh, threat like uh, invasion of the former superpower. But um, maybe on this basis he was wrong uh, because Ukraine have proven to be very uh, powerful uh, and very determined to succeed in this war. But without Western help, without Western assistance, diplomatic support, political um, logistics, uh, communications, which was uh, communication means, which was offered by Elon Musk, those things matter. And uh, like Napoleon once said, the army cannot march. Uh, army armies actually march on their stomach. So any army needs to be properly supplied. So. Brzeziński knew that the only way to deter Russia is to carry a long stick. The question is, what did we do to um, make it uh, less desirable for, for, for him to attack Ukraine? Um, well, he is dead now, but his work is very much alive. Uh, the Biden administration follows some of the uh, Brzezinski Joe's strategic blueprint, which supports EU and Ukraine militarily, logistically, diplomatically, and politically. Uh, his son, Mark Brzezinski, serves as the United States ambassador to Poland and helps his superiors implement his father's geostrategic vision on the ground, and thanks to which the Ukrainian army is still standing and is capable of not only repelling the Russian offensive, but actually launching a successful counteroffensive. Uh, countries like Poland, Germany, Finland, and many other countries, uh, like United States as well, uh, are constantly sub supplying Ukraine with the, with with um, weapons and ammunition. The same France and Germany to the lesser extent. So, what constitutes of Brzezinski's doctrine today? Would Brzezinski see Ukraine as a potential NATO member? or a frozen buffer zone between the transatlantic community and an increasing assertive, hawkish and unpredictable Russian giant? For all of these questions, I have a lot of answers. Some of them are not as straightforward, but my forthcoming publication on Brzezinski doctrine on NATO response to Russian assault on Ukraine, Dolce Bellum in Expertise, uh, will be published by the end of the year. So I strongly encourage you to reach out to it. If anything, please leave the comment and I'll try to respond to it as soon as possible. Thank you very much for your attention, guys, and best regards to you.